The kid becomes a spirited kid. You become a, a driven teenager. And then what drives you is I'm going to prove dad that I can do it. I'm going to get his attention. I'm going to burn some fields if I need to. But dad's going to know I am the man. I am his girl. And I got it going on. <laughs> I, uh, my sister. All right, My dad kind of came late to the game on how to raise a girl. Right? He's fine with the boys, but then the girl came and he's like, man, I don't have a clue. You know what the nickname for my sister was growing up? Bone Thug. That was the name my dad gave my sister. Bone Thug. Alright, and so man, you know what? She lived up to the name, man. Shorts down to here, cut off shirt. I mean, you didn't, man, she could, her punch, watch out. Right? She was mean on the softball field. I mean, she she lived up to this thing. I mean, it came around to bite my dad pretty hard. It came to find out, like, man, there are some things in my sister. And she, he didn't get, she didn't get that love and attention that needed. needed and there's some things that just kind of pushed her in. And we almost lost her to the world. My dad's done a really good job the last couple of years just reestablishing. She's older now, married, but really just making up some time with her. I'm telling you what, right now, in the time that my sister's going through, if he was, if that hadn't been restored, she'd be a mess. And so, man, we Colossians 3, verse 20, though, says, Children, obey your, parent, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing in the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be, what? Discouraged. We saw that these are the this would produce those non-spirited kids. You just they can't be driven about anything. They're they're just discouraged. My brother, my other brother, my my youngest, uh, Cord is his name. It's Code Cole Kaylee Cord, all C's. All right, Cord comes along and he's the youngest, and they want to call him Court. From Angel and the Badman, the John Wayne movie, Quart. And my mom was like, no, they're going to call him Squirt. So the closest thing they could get was Cord. C-O-R-D. And then it just became a joke that he goes an extension cord. And, you know, it just, whatever. He was this kind of a kid. Man, I, I, I'm telling you, like, it's so strange. All of us are church kids. And I was, I was talking to my dad today. I called him up. I said, I just was like, Dad, I just, thank you. Thank you for being a good dad. He's like, dude, I failed so much. He's like, I don't know how you turned out. And I was just like, Dad, just, I'm just telling you, you were a good dad. Said, but, and he just wouldn't accept it. And, uh, I can look at my, my siblings' lives and be like, I know what it is. I know what the difference was. And it freed me. But they hadn't done it. And so it didn't free them. My sister just did it probably three years ago. This thing I'm going to share with you. And it freed her. She's a grown adult. And it gave her, and it just liberated her to actually then see the Heavenly Father for who He is. But he, he be warned that like he wasn't really athletic like me and my my other brother Cole. 
And so my dad would be like, he didn't know what to do with him. He couldn't go play baseball with him because he just didn't want to. He couldn't play shoot baskets with him because he really didn't really want to. And all he wanted to do was play video games. And my dad, the only thing he could play kind of was Madden. And then he just smashed buttons. And then when he scored a touchdown, would dance. I mean, it's, it's kind of awkward. So, but that's it. And my, my brother was into reading books. My dad was never into reading books. My dad's artistic. Cord was very literal. And so when, when you wouldn't do something with my dad, my dad, my dad would just make it a big deal. Why don't you just come? Come on, Cord, why don't you just come with us? Man, just why don't you go run out the woods? Why don't you do firewood? Why don't you do all this stuff? And it just mm, discouraged him. And to this point, he's still like, he's all my brothers and sisters, good. And I hate to say this because I don't know where this is going to go, but I'll ask them to forgive me later. They're not great, though. You know, sometimes the enemy of great is actually just being good. I mean, they're great. I, I mean, they're, they're good. I love hanging with them. We have a blast when we get together. It's just, we man, a lot of laughing, a lot of joking. You know, we, we love on each other. It's a good time. I don't want to paint my brothers and sisters as, as evil. But until late with my sister, about three years, and they just weren't doing anything great. And what I want to give you is a principle that I found that freed me from the fracture. But we'll get there. Our fathers can have some major influences in our lives. We talked about David and Goliath and that his submission to his physical father got him into the fight. But I want you to recognize his heavenly father who's, is, one, is the one who won the fight, right? He's not claiming, hey, my dad, Jesse, I am coming in his name. No, he came into God, he came in God's name. But his submission to his physical father got him in the fight. And then his heavenly father, boom, was able to win the fight. Okay, so we talked about that. And we saw that there's another fight going on. And that's the fight between Absalom and his dad. Just who just happens to be David. And listen, if Satan can get you to fight your dad, hey, listen, it's, it's kind of weird that some of you that understand this will get this. Even if he's dead, there's people that are still fighting their dad and their influence. Some of you are maybe, and if you go into ministry and you go out in the world, you'll find that there's people fighting their dad and they haven't seen their dad ever. Their dad has never been around. Or they'll see him just on holidays. And they fight with their dad and his influence. If Satan can get you fighting with your father, you can never get in the fight with your heavenly father. This is why you need to be freed at this time and in, in, in this day and age. Because once you're freed, you can actually focus on the real fight. You can actually begin to win people to Christ. You can actually do Bible studies. You can actually see your Heavenly Father and He can give you direction when it comes to your school. You now know how to stand on the evil day when your father and your mother and your counselors and your pastors can't be with you. Because your Heavenly Father is there with you. And you now know Him. This is so key that Satan wants to get you fighting your father and he's going to find the smallest little thing to get that ball rolling. 
You know why some of you have trouble obeying and honoring your parents, especially dad, because your father broke something in you, and we call that the father factor, right? That father factor is in us. You know, these are just, you don't have to write this if you wrote it yesterday, because I'm going to fly, so don't get frustrated, like, ah, they changed the slide. Okay, I see some of your faces when it goes, you're like, well, forget it. And you almost throw your pen out the window, you're like, ah, why even try? Okay, hey, listen, if you don't, if you can't get the slides, then, then, then email me, you know, Facebook message me, you know, Instagram message me. I don't do the TikTok thing, all right, Snapchat, no, all right. Uh, yeah, what did you say? I'm getting old? Is that what you said? Is, it, is that what she said? The boss over here just called me old. I think that's what she said. Okay, so anyway, so we get this principle of the father factor from Proverbs 17.6, right? Proverbs 17.6 says, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. I need to fly. Can you fly with me? All right. Can we go rapid speed? Can we go 1.5 times? Like you ever do that? You listen to YouTube and you're like, I'm just gonna get through this. But you still, you can still get it. Okay, I'm gonna go 1.5 times. All right, here we go. When a child is born, they come into the world with a built-in pleasing father mechanism. In other words, when a child is born into this world, their heart is fixed upon their father, and it's amplified by the mother saying, "Here's daddy. Here's daddy. Here's daddy." And so it it. it encourages this thing that God had placed in you. Something within you longs to glorify Him. And some of you are like, man, I don't have that. Guess what? Because it's broke. You did have it. You did have it at one point. But somehow it got broke. And that, but here, if that, if that father's heart is fixed on his children, that pleasing father mechanism or the father power or the father factor can be the most incredible, powerful, positive force in the child's life. And I'm going to tell you stories of what it looks like being with a good father. I mean, I, I want to be really sensitive tonight, and I hope you don't mishear me. If you got a good one, praise the Lord. Learn from them. Use them. They're placed in there to get you to a place to finally understand the Heavenly Father. So man, for the ones that maybe don't, God's got a solution for you. But man, you need to have this father thing in your life, whether it's with your father or a father figure. Because it can be the most positive force in your life because it eventually gets you to the right relationship with the Heavenly Father. The positive force here was to help find the answers to the foundational questions of life through the relationship with their earthly father during those developmental years of their life. And we saw that list, right? Your, your dad is meant to. What, I wish I could take you through the Bible. It's so sweet to look how Abraham does this and, and Isaac. and Eve. It's just amazing how these things happen. I don't have the time. But your physical father is supposed to give you an identity. See, my, my dad gave my sister a wrong identity. Bone vogue. Right? And so, man, that she, that's who she thought she was. A gangster. And so she dressed like it. Hat backwards, long jersey, she shorts down to here, punching every guy that comes along just to prove that she's bone vogue. Right? But she came with a bat and softball. She's like, watch out. It almost went out every time. You know, she just... She was both, though. Anyway, 
So dad, the dad's supposed to give this identity and he's supposed to answer the question, who am I? He's supposed to give security and just answer the question, does anyone care? And he's supposed to bring belonging so you know where you fit in this whole thing. He's supposed to bring significance so you know what you're worth. He's supposed to bring purpose so you know why you're here. And he's supposed to bring confidence so you know you can do it. Man, I wish I could go through that biblically, but bear with me. And the Father is meant to do this by these things, a meaningful touch, a spoken message, attaching high value, picturing a special future, and active commitment. It looks like affection, communication, distinction, expectation, and provision. But it's only meant to paint a picture. In those developmental years, it's only meant to be a picture so that a child can find the answers to the foundational questions of life through their Heavenly Father for the rest of their life. See, God wants to come in and pick up where your dad left off and give you an identity. An identity that's in Christ. So you know who you are as a son of God. See, God wants to come in and give you security and says, and he wants to let you know, I do care. And I will provide. And I will love you. He wants to show you how you belong in this big picture. Maybe it's Africa. That's where one, that's where we heard from our brother tonight. That's where he fits. That's where he belongs. Where do you fit? Where do you belong? God wants to establish that. He wants to give you significance. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you all these things. And he'll give you affection, communication, distinction, expectation, provision through his word. He wants to do that. So God purposely built father power into the human equation to teach children about himself. Are you still with me? If you're with me, say yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get to the new stuff here for a second. Or here in a second. Your father is meant to paint a picture. Okay, so can you, can you view, can you, are you going to imagine, or can't say the word, imagination? Like, have you lost it with all the graphics and CGI and all that stuff that you can't have your original thought or your imagination because it's so good out there, you just let everybody else do it? Can, are we there? Are we, can we do that? Okay, cool. Close your eyes. Picture a white canvas. What's a canvas? Okay, oh, it's a whiteboard, okay? And your father, you can picture your father. I know that may be hard. What he was supposed to do was paint this picture on this canvas of who God is. And so start to, can you, this is, I know it's strange. It just came to me. I did plan this out, so bear with me. Watch your father paint a picture of God. God is light. I know, just, just, what does your God look like? I don't want to be weird or sacrilegious or anything like this. You got, you got an image of God? Some of you are having a tough time because your, God, your, your dad didn't paint a good picture. Can I ask some of you to just think of that picture? Is your, is your God smiling? Is your God smiling? Man, some of you guys are responding. No, that's, that's great. Man, I, 845 is when I got to end, right? But I need, to, I need to land the plane then. 
Okay. Meg's saying go on. Steven's checking his watch. <laughs> so, okay. I'll try. Okay. Because I got, now, because some people responded to that, I got like, oh, I got to tell this story. Okay. I don't know why I keep... Frank Perdue, okay, was super influential in a lot of people's lives. He's a pastor that would be, again, kind of made an impact in your church, right? No, big impact. There's one time him and Mark were hanging out. I, I was told this story. They were hanging out together and they were bringing in a camp speaker. And, you know, Mark was, Mark Trotter was one of those guys who just loves you to death, right? You know, he's just sweet and he's gentle and he just wants to get to know you. Frank is trying to figure you out. He's, he's, he's watching how you walk in and by your steps he knows that you've done this and this. I mean, he just was crazy how he could break somebody down. And I knew that through his son. His son could do similar things. And so, you know, Frank's asking all those questions of this camp speaker. And this camp speaker is no dummy. He figures out that Frank is grilling him, trying to get to know him. And trying to get to him. What's he all about? And this dude did a number, and it's pretty cool. He asked Frank, hey, Frank, does your God smile? And it threw Frank for a loop. Does my God smile? And he's sitting there, like, he just, his brain was frying, like, it was like his wires crossed, and he's just over there trying to think, and Trotter is telling me the story, and, and it, it really started tearing him up. And it tore him up even more when his kids came to him and said, hey, Dad, can, can you smile? Because we don't know when you're joking or when you're serious. You know, we just think you're serious all the time, so we don't know when you're actually pleased with us or not. And see, his view of his heavenly father was impacting how he was being a father, and now the third generation, or second generation, is looking at their dad, and he's implementing this thing where, I don't know if I can see God smile. You know, God, God laughs in the Bible. You know that he finds joy and pleasure in you living for him. Your God does smile. See, our, our Father can impact our view of who God is, and good or bad. However, if that Father's heart, okay, back to the notes, if the Father's heart begins to be turned towards something other than his children, Father power doesn't cease to exist. Rather, it can become the most incredible, powerful, negative force in that child's life. When a child discerns that his or her father's heart is fixed upon something other than the child, the child begins to turn his or her heart away from his or her father. You know why that child turns his or her heart away from him? Because the child's heart is broken. The pleasing father mechanism breaks and the child's heart is broken. Some of you are brave and raise your hand that you believe that the father factor is broken in your heart. I just thank you for that. But I meant to ask this other question. Can I ask it before we move forward? Hey, it, let's go to the other side. Some think it's broken. Don't raise your hand. Just think about this for a second. If you think that your father still holds a place of honor in your heart, man, hold that. Grasp that. Because if you didn't raise your hand that's broken, that would indicate to me that you still have this father factor going on in your life. And I want you to maximize it. Hopefully you'll see that tonight. So, but we're gonna go into the father fracture. 
So this is the new stuff. Number two, the father fracture. You know what's interesting? In the last book, in the last chapter, and in the last verses, there's something that just kind of comes up. You think, you know, if I was God, and I'm ending the Old Testament, you know, there's probably a few things I would say. But here in Malachi, I want you to see what's said, and I think you'll see how amazing this is, and why in today's age you or the people around you have such an issue with the Father thing. Malachi 4, verse 5 through 6 says this, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. I mean, what does that tell you? Elijah is going to have to come and turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. You know, Elijah is going to be one of the two witnesses in the tribulation. This is a last day context. You know, the tribulation is part of those last days before Jesus Christ is going to come, at, come back and set up his kingdom and set up his ruling. And so this doesn't happen overnight. There's a transition into this. And so we're in the latter of the last days. And what it's telling you and I hope you can see this, that the Father power has been broken. And the chances are good that, man, the majority of the people you know, maybe not the majority in this room, but the majority of the people you know, the Father power has been broken with their old man. Because that's what's being described in these last days. Behold, I'll send you a lie to the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. What does he got to do? He's got to turn the heart of the fathers to the children. That means the father's hearts aren't towards the children in the last days. Because what? We're living in those. Chances are good. If the father power is broken, the men in this room will follow suit and break it with their kids. And ladies... What will happen is that you'll find men like your dad and they'll break it again in your kids. Because evidently the overriding characteristic of the last days is that father's hearts are turned to something else. Maybe a job, a career, a hobby, money, lust, pornography, another woman. It's a heart issue. And Elijah is going to have to come and turn the hearts. Something going on in the heart of the dad. When you see something else, it says, Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Okay, one, Elijah hasn't come yet, and there's no curse on the earth yet because this thing hasn't happened. However, I want you to see how monumental this thing is to God. If the fathers don't turn their hearts to their kids, and the kids don't turn their hearts to the fathers, God's going to send a curse. That's how important this is to him. You know, the curse may have not come to the earth, but listen, there are kids all over, maybe in this room, that their world has been smitten by a curse of the broken father power. And I want you to look what this curse may look like. Proverbs 18, 14. As we go through these verses, just write down the reference. Proverbs 18, 14. 
spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear it? You know what the answer to that question is? Nobody. That's what we're talking about when a spirit in a kid gets wounded. God is saying, man, what team can bear that? Guess what? Grown men and grown women can't bear it. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A merry heart. Oh, wait. I got the reference, but not the verse. Okay. Write the reference down here. It says, A merry heart making a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And again, once that spirit gets broken, and Satan is going to do, Satan is going to do everything in his power to do just that in you and your father. Proverbs 17, 22 there you go. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Listen, some of you have made your friends are going around with some dry bones. You've got this axe to grind because that's come from a wounded spirit. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop. The good word maketh it glad. Can I ask you something? Can you just be honest with me? How many? Okay, don't raise your hand. Just answer your heart. How many of you believe your dad's heart is is towards you? Maybe better yet, how many of you believe that it's not towards you and you know it's towards something else? Think about that. I'm just going to look at your eyes. No, it's going to be awkward. No, it's going to be okay. You know. Maybe the positive. Do the positive. You know, man. Your dad's heart is all for you. Your heart is his. Some of you know, man, you know my dad. His heart is towards something else. What that did, it broke you some way, somehow. It wounded you somehow. It makes you hurt. And so you know what? You turned your heart away from your dad. It's sad. It stinks. It's, it is sorrowful at times. It's, it's a brokenness. It's a heaviness. You feel wounded by the guy that's supposed to protect you. been fractured. But here's what we need to see. Because of sin, okay, this is new stuff, right? Because of sin, father power is now used to affect up to three to four generations in a negative way. I need you to bear with me on this thought. Okay, you're, may you're feeling some of the emotion, the hurt. We're pulling some back of those layers, uh, those barriers. Okay, look, this thing, when it gets rolling in a negative way, it has the potential to affect under three to four generations. Look at Exodus 34, verse 6 through 7. It says, The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, 
keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin that will by no means clear the guilty. Listen, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. To add back here, your great-great-grandfather impacted your great-grandfather, which impacted your grandfather, which impacted your dad. You know what's, what's interesting about that? Like when you actually map that out, you go search your, your fathers and go down the lineage, there's some guys running around like World War I making decisions that are negative and now are still impacting their kids. That's how far back this goes. It's kind of crazy. So why I bring that up is I want you to see the attack on your father. See, it says that it will visit that iniquity, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. Your dad, one day, the, the iniquity came to his door. I don't want to hit this because it's going to break, but there you go. It's just, yeah, just not much up there. Okay, so, right? So he comes up, this iniquity that is passed down comes visiting, comes knocking. You know what, that, that whole thing about that visiting, you don't have to answer the door. But maybe your dad did. Your dad, your dad answered the door. Listen, here's a timeout moment. Some of the sins that your father is doing, guess what they're going to come knocking to. You can break the cycle by not answering that door. The door that you wish your dad never answered. Let's come time in. But what I want you to see in dealing with your dads. Know why your dad maybe broke you? Because his dad broke him. Know why you're getting wounded and hurt? More than likely, his dad did to him. You know that, you, I don't know if you guys are too far removed, some in the room would understand. But you know, World War II is supposed to be the greatest generation that America's ever seen. And man, on the military field, yeah. At home, you know, they were called the power children. That was the, the name given to that generation. You know what the, the power children produced? The flower children. Huh. I wonder what they broke. I wonder if they came home and acted like their home as a military troop instead of being a father. Maybe the, the P, PTSD and all that stuff that we didn't know about, they come back and they bring it. And, and some stuff that happened over there, they brought here. Oh, I gotta start yelling. Listen. Thunder. No, one second. All right. Here's what I need. You gotta now. You gotta really focus, right? You gotta really get this. 
listen, 95, probably not 100 times, this father fractures what's actually behind, please follow me, what's actually behind homosexuality, sleeping around, alcoholism, chemical dependency, sexual addictions. Stay with me, they just close the door, you've seen it before. They're not letting the iniquity visit. Right? They're closing the door. Right? What? Well, it's, it's just kind of down there. Here's what I need to do. Here's what, while they're doing that, let's pray, okay? Alright? We're about to get to the freedom, and now the rain's coming. Alright? And it's there's going to be a lot of distractions. All right, here, let's pray. Father, we just need you to help us here. Lord, man, remove the rain. We know you're in control of that. But also just remove the distractions. Maybe you're making it hard so that people who really want it, they're going to be dialed in. Lord, we just we don't know your ways. And, and so, Lord, just give us uh, the wisdom and the know-how just to put it all away, all distractions, and be able to focus on tonight, Lord, and just help us to be free of these things, Lord, that may play our lives, Lord. We love your name. Amen. Alright, so this thing of the father factor and it being fractured, I'm telling you, it's, it's what produces, I believe, homosexuality. You know, sleeping around, alcohol, chemical dependency, sexual addictions, rebellion. I believe it goes into mental illness. I believe it's workaholism. In one hand, but at the same time, a complete lack of motivation on the other hand. I think this has such a power. And you know what? If your dad didn't figure this thing out, he's just going to repeat the cycle because it was done to him. It may not look the same, but something was done where it broke in him. And he never was freed potentially from it. So then he has you. And all he knows is what was what his dad did. So maybe that's the and why I say that. Well, so that's one maybe why the father fracture has happened in you. You know another reason maybe? That Satan knows how powerful this thing will be in your life for the positive. That Satan got to your dad. Got some. And he took him. And overcame him. And that sin came visiting him. Dad just he answered the door. That war for this father factor is so huge that Satan and his cohorts and his world went after your dad. Because he knows if he gets the dad, he's going to impact the next generation. If he gets to your dad, he knows he can get to you. And sadly, for some of you, Satan got him. See, I mentioned those two things. I don't know what it does in your heart and mind. But here's what it does in mind. It brings me to the place of compassion. Because either my dad was broke too, 
by his death. Where Satan got him. I'm talking about if you've been fractured. If you let that settle, man, what that begins to do is begins to kind of warm that stony heart maybe of yours. It has some compassion on the old man. Because, listen, you have to get there first because I'm going to ask you, I'm just going to throw out there, spoiler alert, I'm going to ask you to forgive your dad here in a second. And if you can't, I'm going to warn you of something. And the key principle we'll pull from this you can't get to where you forgive, you will repeat what your dad did. You will repeat it. We saw that in Exodus. Guys in the room, you will break your kid's heart. The very thing that you hate, remember Absalom? You're going to end up doing. And ladies, how it works out in your life, you're going to marry someone. Just like Pops. I see this all the time. You'll marry someone, they'll break your kids' hearts, and you'll be trying to pick up the pieces. You'll be part of the cycle. Or you will react to what your dad did. You'll either repeat it or you'll react. A good example, man, my dad drank alcohol, man, he's always drunk, coming home late. I ain't ever touching it. And so you react to what your dad did. And so you go way over here. Right? My dad was poor. He had no money. He blew it away gambling, all this stuff. So, man, I ain't doing it. And, you, and those are good things, right? I mean, those aren't bad. But you're just reacting to your physical father. Well, man, my dad just always drug us to church. It's always about ministry. It's always about other people and other things. And it was never about me. I ain't doing that. Now we're, you see how this now can go both ways? Like it could be good things, but it also could be bad things. But here's the deal. It's still a reaction from your dad. If you don't get to this place of compassion where you can't forget, you're going to repeat or react. But here's the kicker. Daddy's still influencing you. You're still making choices based on your physical father. I wish we... Okay, so just... Here's a couple of you can go look at it. Well, one I don't want you to look at. Let Stephen show you. The other one is Mary Poppins. Anybody see Mary Poppins? I want you to go watch it now with the father factor mentality. We think it's all about the kids, right? And then they're getting Mary Poppins comes in and saves their day. It ain't about the kids. It's about taking Mr. Banks and turning his heart towards his kids. He's all about his job. He's all about his career. He's going to the bank and all those things. He has no time for his kids. That's the, that's the, 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 the servants to do, right? The, the maids. Mom's over here because dad's heart's not toward his kid doing the women liberation thing and just kind of having no time for the kids as well. They're all just doing their own thing. And guess what? At the end of the movie, what's the dad doing? Flying a kite. 
with his kids. If you actually watch the, I don't know, I can't suggest that movie because I can't remember if it's anything bad, but they actually made a movie based about Mary Poppins called Saving Mr. Banks. It's about saving the dad. It's actually one of the, Mary Poppins was actually one of the movies that was actually about restoring the family, starting with turning the dad's heart back to his kids. When you watch it, you're like, oh, Mary Poppins the whole time is trying to get dad, not the kids. It's crazy. Another one that immediately, I don't even want to suggest it, but I know you know the song. We're not going to make it. Right? This is Jay's kind of music back in the day, right, Jay? Twisted Sisters. <laughs> okay. The, their music video. You've heard that song? We're not going to make it. My kids would sing it because we went to a Trump rally and they played it. And so they're always singing it. I'm like, I wonder what this song's about. And so I went to go look at it. Whoa, Twisted Sisters. They're a bunch of guys, they're not sisters. Right? But the music video, the dad comes in, military man, yelling at his kid, just, why are you this way? Why are you not this? Why, why? Just yelling at the dude. What are you going to do with your life? And the kid's like, I'm going to rock. And he plays the guitar, and the power from this guitar shoots the dad out the window. And and like the, the whole video, each kid in this family goes from a nice young looking man to these monsters. Long pink hair and just like makeup and big old shoulder pads and it's kind of like an 80s thing, I guess. I don't know, but anyway. And the whole music video, I'm not gonna take it. Oh, I'm not. He's talking about his dad. His dad broke his father, the father factory, and then, man, boom. And they change. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Let Stephen watch it, and then you can let it know if you want to. Okay, so. Oh, I'm spending too much time on Twisted Sisters. All right, here's the key question. As a child of my father, how do I turn my heart to my dad? Listen, if you have a good dad and it hasn't been fractured, man, keep the cycle going. But you still have to make a decision in your heart. You know, I'll tell you this story in a little bit, but you know what? My brother got sideways over with my dad. It's amazing what Satan can use. You know what started this thing with, with my brother? Is that we would come to Florida camps from Missouri on his birthday. And so it was all about these camps and us coming to Florida. It wasn't about his birthday. Dude, I'm like sitting there like, dude, you're in Florida on your birthday. Like, we got out of school to come here. Like, what? What? You're mad that we're on the beach on your birthday with a bunch of awesome teams? I don't get this. But that little thing of bitterness, and just more of the fracture. You know what the other one was that really got my brother rolling down this way? My dad took him to the Mexican restaurant to have the talk. You know what I mean, the talk? And it just tore my brother up that he would have this kind of a talk in a 
public restaurant over a burrito and nachos and salsa. And we laughed, but that's what fractured my brother. And just because bitterness set in, and my brother never dealt with it correctly, it just compounded. And I'm telling you, I'm sitting with my 30-something-year-old brother by my pool, and we're talking about it. He's like, man, I can't believe Dad did that. That he took me to the Mexican restaurant over chips and salsa, and we had the talk. And I'm sitting there, dude, you're 30-something. If you don't know Dad, that's the way he talks about things that he's uncomfortable about. So we're chips and salsa. Can you hear me, sir? Okay, I can't hear me thinking, but if you can hear me... Cool. All right. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Can you turn me up a little bit? Okay, so here's how you overcome that fracture. All right? Number three, the father freer. Okay, I know that's not a word, okay, but it, it definitely fits. The father freer. Where's Cam at? You got that cam? Is it not on there? Oh, well, it's not on there. So number three is the father freer. Here, here's how you be free. Here's the key decision you need to make tonight. You want to be free from the man, that fracture that's been following you, maybe. Here's the key decision. You need to forgive your dad. The code, you don't know what he's done. I know. And some things, man, I tell you what, are hard to forgive. I get that. And I got Wayne in our church. And her dad physically abused her, sexually abused her. And when she came out about it to the church, her dad wrote a note blaming her and went and committed suicide. Whoa. Talk about some fracture. She just forgave her dad. She's like 30-something, late 30s. Going through some of the father fracture stuff, and she's like, I get it. He was broke, too. You know what? what was crazy. Her dad was teaching her guitar and how to sing when all this was going on. She was so scared to get on stage and sing in front of people and play. She hadn't played since her dad committed suicide. Two Sundays ago, she was playing on the, in our church band, playing lead guitar on our stage. She got freed. You know what freed her? She forgave him. She forgave him. You know what needs my brother needs to do? Just forgive my dad. See, that's why you come from the same home and you know what? Well, here's, here's how it worked out in my life. On three, Highway 350 in Gregory, Raytown, Missouri, it's a little stop. My dad stops at a red light and he's like, hey, Cody, I don't know what's going on in his life at the time, but he's like, hey, Cody. I'm like, yeah, dad. Yeah. He asks this question. Have I ever done anything to hurt you? I'm 10 something, 11 something years old. I'm sitting there, you know, something popped in my mind. And I know this is going to seem petty, especially to what I just said about 
with this lady with her. And I just want to show you how this can snowball or free you. I said, yeah, Dad, you, you promised you would take us to Disney World. You never have. You know what I probably potentially would have done? Made laughed. Really? <laughs> That's it? Disney World? That's what hurt you? Or I probably <clears throat> Okay, son, listen. Look. Other people go through harder things. And you're, you're hurt because I didn't take you to Disney World? You know what's cool? My dad didn't laugh. He didn't scold me. He said, dude, sorry. Sorry. You know what I did right then? I forgave him. And you know what happened? He won my heart. He did. And anytime he jacked up, anytime he messed up, anytime he just threw my dirty laundry out and so everybody knew what was going on in my life, I just forgave him. It freed me. It freed me. See, Ephesians 4, 31 says this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and all evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That one another includes your dad. And listen, if you got a good dad, even good dad make mistakes. Listen, if you don't want it to let it snowball like my brother and turn into a big fracture, forgive him. Give him some grace. Try to figure this thing out too. They're going on the information that God has given them. My dad said this one time, do your best until you know better. That's what some of your dads are doing. These are the ones that have good dads. They're doing their best until they know better. So man, if you know what? If they have the talk over some chips and salsa and it kind of rubs you, forgive them. Just forgive them. Be free. Man, if they've done some even worse things, you need to forgive them. Listen, our dads are humans, they have some gaps, and they just throw up the seven responsibilities of a father. This is what our father by God was supposed to do. Is protect you, teach you, lead you, chasing you, exhort you, comfort you, and not provoke you. Listen, our dads are human. They'll have some gaps. But again, here's the deal. Forgive your pops. It's only meant to be a picture. And when you can forgive them, you can let them go. But I'm not saying now you don't obey them. Please hear me out. I didn't say you don't need to obey him. But some of you need to forgive your dad. Let him go. Come back to Ephesians 6, chapter 1 through 3. And now obey your parents and honor them because your heavenly father says to. See, I don't want my kids to obey me because I say so. I want my kids to obey me because they have a relationship with the father. And in his word, he says he needs to, my kids need to obey me and honor me. That's a game changer.
You're not just obeying your mom and dad because you know it's mom and dad and I should do it. No, I obey mom and dad and I honor them because my God, my heavenly father says I need to obey them. See the difference? Some of you guys can't get free to obey your physical father, your physical parents, or your, fit, your spiritual father figures because you've been fractured. And so, man, you can't truly obey God because when he says this, you still look at it as a physical, just a, I'm just obeying mom and dad. Instead of, you know what, I've forgiven them, I've let it go. Come to Ephesians 6, and now because you're my first I'm going to obey because God tells me to. And if any dad that's worth their salt, any dad is a good dad, any dad is a godly dad, that's what they're fighting for. You obey God. And so if that means even that you let go is so that you can enter this relationship with the Heavenly Father, so you can come back. Listen, your obedience is going to be way much better when you're obeying God than just us. I hope this is making sense. I hope I didn't lose you to the rain. First Thessalonians 1, 2 through 3. First Thessalonians 1, 2 through 3. First Thessalonians 3, 11 through 13. Second Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. Galatians 4, 5 through 6. Galatians 4, 5 through 6. I wish I could just tell you all the stories. You need to go read those verses. But I just wish I could tell you all the stories to prove this out in my own life. For example, when I was a freshman in high school, I was in a youth group like this. Man, it was so much fun. Man, my friends and things were going well. My dad was in Bible Institute. And when he got out of Bible Institute, one day I wake up thinking I'm going to Kansas City Baptist Temple. And my dad's like, hey, we're going to go to Southview Baptist Church. I'm like, oh, okay, just do like visit. And he's like, no, I've, I've taken the position as a youth pastor. Oh, like in a month or two? No, this morning. I think that'd be good to talk about as a family. I'm not really up for this. And man, I'm telling you what, oh man, I was so ticked. 
You just took me out of my friends, the church I grew up in. We didn't talk about it. You didn't prepare me for it. But you know what? This was, at, this was my dad had built this father factor, whether they knew or not. And again, I had forgiven him so many times. I'm free. And so, you know what? I'm like, why does he talk to me about this? And you feel the rage just boiling. And I get in the car. And I'm like, like I'm steaming. And this new church was five minutes away. And so I was like, Lord. See, my dad taught me to talk to God. And said, Lord, if you want me at this church, you're going to have to change this heart. Because right now, man. And I can't really tell you what happened. I mean, like, I don't, it sounds weird, but I got to this, we got to the stoplight before the church, and my heart melted. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, God. This is where my dad says we need to go. Alright, that's where I'm going. In five minutes, guess what? I was free. It could have been a fracture. But because I forgave my dad, I was now, I was free. And guess what? That was some of the sweetest days of my life. Yeah, there was only 10-something people in youth group. Yes, when I walk into the room, all of them are on Game Boys and, you know, just kind of, I don't want to use this there. They, and they just like that stuff, okay? I don't want to say geeks, okay? They just like that stuff. And I'm coming in, I love baseball and stuff, and I'm like, I, and I got another conversation. Look, Lord, how am I supposed to relate to him? And then, again, I was like, well, God has told my dad we're just supposed to be here. I guess he's going to show me how I'm going to relate to him. Again, I'm free. I'm making now decisions. I'm not dealing with this fracture that's blinding my view so I can't have a conversation with the Lord and he showed me these things. You know, and during that time, we're talking about, right, submitting to your physical father will lead you into the battle, like David. Man, I submitted to my dad in that. And guess what? I learned sound. My dad ain't a sound guy. Guess who becomes a sound guy? Me. You know what? I've been able to use that wherever I go. I got to do sound in Malawi for Mark Chart. I mean, like, it was just awesome. You know, like, I got to set it all up and use these things that I learned back when I was 15, 14, 16, whatever age. I made videos because my dad needed a video guy for youth group. And so, man, my dad bought me a $2,000 camera and said, make some videos. And so he sent us to learn Final Cut Pro, me and my brother. And what's so crazy is that's what my brother does now. He makes videos for uh, PBS, public broadcasting, whatever that means, right? And he's awesome. He's one of the best in the nation. Because man, my, my brother just realized that. And I think he does. Man, I, my dad would call me and say, hey, I'm late for work. Or I'm late for a youth group. Hey, I'm going to have to need you to teach tonight. Dad, youth group starts in five minutes. And I could have had a fracture. I'm like, man, my dad needs help and he relies on me, okay? And I'd go to my Bible <laughs> and give the best I could a five-minute five devotion for our youth group because my dad could make it because he had to work and his youth group. Right, one time my dad is like, hey, you know why I read my Bible on the couch? My dad would read his Bible out in the middle of the living room. And many days I'd come up and find him falling asleep. He was asleep, lying like this. He'd lay down on the couch. You know, just gone. You know, and some would have been like, man, that's a fracture. Like, oh, look at my dad. Look at him. He says he's all spiritual. He gets up in the morning. Look at him. He's sleeping. I just took it out. Oh, the dude fell asleep. I was free. 
And so my dad's like, hey, you don't want to read my Bible out there? He's like, no, dad, I don't. He said, I can read it in my bedroom. I can read it in my office. I want to read it out here so when you guys wake up, you can see that your dad's in the Word. You ah, love my heart. And yeah, and some days he fell asleep. And I was free. It wasn't a fracture. And he just, he showed me these things. And it's just, I don't know if I'm explaining it. I told you about Lecrae. Here's another one. Uh, my high school is right across, like here's, here's our church. The high school I went to is right here. And there's a big field kind of in between. So we'd have a little like prayer time, Bible study at the church. And then I'd walk over. My dad would go to work and I'd walk across the field to my school. I just had a bad attitude that day. I mean, I just I didn't want to go. I was getting beat up. It was my freshman year. Yeah, I think I was actually headed to a Bible study that they're having there. So I just had a Bible study. Now I'm in a Bible study. And it's dead. It's led by somebody else. And it's like, oh my goodness. And so I'm just, I had this attitude. And I'm just stomping with my little backpack across this field. And all of a sudden, my dad had a big old 350, F-350, super cat, better four-door. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Anyway, a big old white truck. And uh, comes zooming down the road. I'm like, whoa, where's he going? He turns into the student parking lot, right? And I'm coming. And he stops right there on the, the parking lot, right where I'm coming. I'm like, uh oh. And so I'm like coming up, and he rolls down the windows. And he says, son, you're about to go in your mission field. You better change your attitude. Rolls up his window <laughs> out of the student parking lot. Dude, I could have been fractured there. Like, dude, you don't even care. I'm about to, I'm going to go beat up. I could, I mean, I'd forgiven him. And I was free. And my attitude changed. You know what? He's right. You know what happened? I went into my freshman year of high school, five, we were having five or so in this Bible study. It was such a drag. And I just stayed with it. The next year, they handed it over to me. So guess what? My dad comes and joins me. We have this Bible study. My dad's like five, I think it's like 6.30 on Friday morning. So I'm like, Dad, okay, teenagers don't like to get up early. Plus come to school early. Plus come to school for a Bible study early. On Friday. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Okay. I've forgiven you. I'm free. Then the same year, we had 60 students come into the Bible study. It's amazing. That, so, I had a boy growing up. You know, again, I haven't grown. So, so freshman year, I had this boy named Charles Ward. <sighs> Charles Ward. And in fifth period, man, he is history class, and he would do everything he could to get under my skin. You know, and, and he poked me. He, I wore these weird classic shorts back then. And it's one day I stood up and he slapped my butt, my butt and he just bam, and it ringed through the classroom and I'm just like, I'm so embarrassed. And he would, uh, and I don't think he would be weird, but he would dry hump me behind, like he would, he would just poke me, he would slap me, he would do whatever he could. And he sat right behind me. And I, every time I went to that class, I'm like, I am going to hell. Like, this is horrible. I, I want to quit. I'm done. So I, I, I told my family this is going on, and my grandma, the crazy-eyed one, okay, she's there. <laughs> so bad. Uh, so she, she's there, and she's like, go, just beat him up. You're two times bigger than him. 
That's my counsel for my grandma. Just beat him up. And my dad's like, no, no. We're going to pray for him. You know what? I could have been so ticked. We're going to pray for my boy. Like, do you not want to care about me? Do you not care that this is horrible? I'd forgiven him. As free, I'd be able to get on my face with my dad and pray for Charles Ward. For the time, Passion of Christ was coming out, and we invited him in the basement of that little church, that little punk of youth group of just 10 something kids. I led Charles Ward with my dad to the Lord. He's my enemy, and he became one of my best friends. That would never happen if I didn't forgive my dad. I would never join him in the Bible study. I would never submit it to him, and then therefore I would never have been in the fight. I would never have been there, man. At our wedding, I had so many people come from our high school say, "Man, I watched you, and I thought you were oh, man, I didn't." They, they, they would give me testimonies of the Bible study, the things that they did. Man, I had a guy that he's a he, he he's an amazing voice, and he. And he definitely was big time. I, I just, just roll with me here. He comes to my wedding and says, it'll be an honor to sing at your wedding because you are such a Christian example of my school. I was so ashamed because I wish I stood with you at school. I wish I stood with you. You know what happened after I get to college? Okay, I'm free. I'm, man, the rope has been dropped for a long time. You know what happens? My dad's not there to read the Bible studies with me anymore, but my heavenly father was. I was told you can't have a Bible study on a community college. At least a big one. It's usually about 10 to 15, and you can't have community at a community college. It just doesn't work. That's what I was told. Okay, so start praying, start going to Bible studies, they're all dry. I'm like, oh, so I waited out again. I've been through this process before. My freshman year of college, we take over the Bible study in December. At the end of that semester, 80 students are coming to the Bible study. We're leading the Carla Torres to the Lord. This girl we call Kiwi. And we just saw it turned upside down. It was amazing. It's because I was freed. And I have now submitted to the Heavenly Father. And He got me in the fight. Listen. Whatever small thing, it could be Disney World that dad didn't take you to, but if you'll forgive him, it will free you so that you can now submit to your physical father or a father figure in your life that's spiritual and you can follow. It'll get you in the fight. I went on my first mission trip with my dad. Loved it. Like, I was free to actually enjoy this relationship that God had put in my life. And yeah, did he have gaps? Yeah, he had some gaps. Guess what? The Heavenly Father took over the painting. Listen, if I draw a painting, no one here is going to buy it. No one's going to buy it. Can I get seven more minutes? Okay, seven more minutes. Perfect, right? No perfection? Okay. If I have a painting in my hand, it's going to be a mess. And no one's going to buy it. Some of you might be kind enough to like throw a penny at me and say, hey, I'll give it a penny. Okay, right. But put it that painting, even though it's a mess and Pablo Picasso's in, it now becomes a masterpiece and worth so much money. Yeah, your dad maybe not did a good job or made a a drop of paint on your canvas. It's just meant to be a picture anyway. Slide that over and give it to the, give it over to God. 
You make whatever mess that you have, whatever's on your campus, good or bad, a masterpiece. Let's give it to Him. But to give it to your Heavenly Father, you first have to forgive your physical father. Some of you guys have some good ones. Forgiving them is just those minor things so it never leads to a fracture so that you can fully submit to them, not only because they're your dad, but also because your God tells you. Some of you guys don't have it. When you come home, dad's a mess. Your dad's not saved. Your dad's a hypocrite. Or he's not even there. Maybe dad left you. Maybe he's not around. There's probably so many situations. But listen, God will give you spiritual fathers to fill in that gap for you to figure out how the Heavenly Father takes over. You know, because of my dad and the position he had, I had to share my dad with you, Pastor. I had to share him. And you know what? I remember getting ticked. Man, Liz Gamble, she gets my dad more than I do. I start right now and I'm like, ah, forgive me. Now free. Liz Gamble becomes like a sister to us. And Liz Gamble, her dad, was locked up at IP like for 20, 25 years in the state pen. Dad was nowhere to be found, and dad was just, when he was out, he was kind of a jerk. So guess what? God provided her a father until she figured out this heavenly father thing with my dad. And I had to share him. I praise God for this game because right now she's ministering to my wife. Texting her, calling her, saying that anything I do, she wants to fly down and help my wife. Because I was free of the fracture. Let me tell you about a couple of things in my youth group. And there's some of you that look like her. Her name is Melissa Ward, I've already mentioned her. Her dad committed suicide when she was very young, about three years old. Not all answers. She comes in my youth group. <laughs> she steals my heart. <sighs> I'm the only potential picture of a father she's not. I'm like, man, if I die and my girls didn't have somebody, I want somebody to step in. And, and so here I am. And, and so if it's my girls, what do I do to get to know her? Because then she likes music. I can't play a thing. Right? I tried to do guitar, and I had a choice between guitar and baseball, I chose baseball. Should have chose guitar, now looking back, right? But, she liked music. She was amazing in English. Horrible, right? And I go down the list, I'm like, I she doesn't like athletics. She hates getting dirty. There's nothing we had in common. And I'm like, man, if this was my daughter, I would go to the ends of the world to try to find something. And so I was like, oh. She was in the Hunger Games. And not the movie, the book. So guess what? I go to Melissa Wharton and I say, hey Melissa, can I borrow volume one of Hunger Games? You're a pastor. You're gonna read Hunger Games? That's not how Melissa sounds, by the way. Okay. She sounds <laughs> so, And so she gives me it. I read the book in one day. Now Hopefully, like God forgives me, I did that on church time. <laughs> it took me a day. I read it in a day. And so I come back to Melissa Ward. I say, hey, can I get volume two? She's like, you've read that already? I mean, yeah, yeah. What team are you on? Are you team, was it Gabe or something? And, and the other, Peter? Whatever. 
Peter. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a while. Give me a break. Right? Uh, Gail and Peter, right? And she's like, well, I'm totally on team. And now we're beginning to talk. I read volume two in like three days. You get back to her and you're done with volume two? I'm like, yeah. Man, what do you think's gonna happen? Am I having this conversation? And then I read volume three and it's like in four days or something like that because I actually have to do stuff. And, and you know what happened? I won her heart. Because her spiritual father's heart was turned to her. And she turned her heart to me. She turns 16. And I'm like, man, if my girl turns 16, what would I want somebody to do? She had no way to get a car. We had two. And my wife's car that she bought with her money and as I, I show up one day, my babe, I think God wants us to give the car to Melissa. This is her like one. She, she's pristine. She's in order, all that stuff. She's like, okay. Get the tires and shine it all up, put a big old bow, and we bring her little life holder. And like, hey, Melissa, she's yours. I want her heart some more. So she's a senior in high school, and she's coming to me. So hey, and they start calling me dad. Like it's really was weird. But it's really weird. They call me dad. They say, hey, Dad, I'm about to go to college and man, I'm, I'm struggling. Where should I go? And I say, hey, you know, when you're thinking about college, it's, it's, it's there's a different process that I'd sell, so don't whatever you want to do, but I tell our guys, find a church first and then find a college near that church. And so I I said, hey, you know, there's a church in Kansas City that I'm really close with, and I know the guys there, and I know they'll be able to watch over you and take care of you and grow you spiritually. I want you to go there. I think that'd be good. She's like, but that's out of state. You know how much that costs? I know, she's a homeschooler too. You know, like, you know, what's, man, just apply for some scholarships, get going on that, watch your Heavenly Father provide. See, I was trying to hand her over to the, the father. And man, she gets these scholarships. She gets a whole, her whole stop, her whole college paid for at UMKC in Kansas City. So she goes. And I told you the end of that story. Well, but the detail I left out was when she was here in my youth group, she's like, God, I'm into English, but how come, what can I do that for the ministry? How is that going to look? You know, what... It's just so I could be a good mom and teach my kids English. I'm like, well, you know, they probably would have called here. But I was like, no, listen, you know how bad I am in English. You can see all my errors in my notes when I hand it to you. You know what would be really awesome? I can see you doing. I can see you editing my books or editing my notes and and being able to have access to other people who get it and grow. So you know what? Go to school and come back so you can do that for me. I was giving her a vision. I just didn't know that the Heavenly Father was going to come in and she wasn't going to do it for me. She was going to do it for Mark Trotter in the 52 weeks and how to study and all these books that are coming out of LFBI. If you look at the front page, you'll see the editor, Melissa Ward. You know what? I don't care if she's doing it for me. Do it for my Heavenly Father. Okay. <laughs> Three more minutes. <laughs> One more story. I, I know. 
I'm not going to look at Steven right now. <laughs> Another one is Caitlin Cooper. Man, she came in our uh, ministry as a middle school student. She was kind of my more kind of my kind of girl. Softball, tough. Man, give her heart for the game. This is just it was fun to watch her play. And she comes in, and my wife is able to be a part of her salvation. And but her dad, man, he's there, doctoring all over the place. But he was a horse trainer. He raced horses, and so he'd be gone for months. And she made the decision. You know what? He's my physical father, but he's not walking with the Lord. I need a spiritual father. And so she comes to me and says, hey, will you be my spiritual father? Of course, when that happens, especially with her, my wife is along with that. Okay, so, so my wife's in this thing. So, man, I'm riding with her. She comes to me and is like, I think God's telling me to quit softball. We walk through that. She could have played college. She was really good. And she gives that up to the Lord and she just serves and is faithful. And whatever I asked her, she would do. You know, she just submitted to her spiritual father, so she got in the fight. She ended up becoming like my intern. And when I was it's still in teens, I'd have an intern. So she was over making the copies and you know, doing all the kind of secretary kind of work. And so fast forward. It's her wedding day. And not only do I get to marry her off to an awesome guy, her dad comes. And he said, I want to just let you know, when you first stepped in my daughter's life, I was like, mm, I don't know what this guy's about. But I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for stepping in. I could. Caitlin now is Caitlin Pope. And she's one of my secretaries in our church. And she is one of the founding members of our church. She got in the fight. She's given her life over to the Heavenly Father. And her Heavenly Father's now telling her how to get in the fight. It's amazing. Here, I'm going to land the plane. And this is going to get really intense. Really serious. But you need to hear me out. If I was standing in the place of your dad, like I'm your dad right now, and if you can, give me the opportunity to kind of have that role just for a second. So I'm your dad right now. And I say, hey son, hey daughter, Traveling your eyes, what says in your heart? What have I done to hurt you? What have I done to hurt you? Whatever just came up, however you answer that question, you write that down. And, and man, give your neighbor respect. Don't look. How have I hurt you? I'm representing your dad. If, how have I hurt you? Because some of you guys raised your hand that it was fractured. What is it? And don't, hey, if it's small, it's small. If it's Disney World, it's Disney World. If it's big, it's big. Right now. How have you been hurt? 
comes to your mind? The decision you gotta make though is whatever that thing is. Are you willing to forgive your dad? Are you willing to forgive him? And listen, if you can't, you'll never be free. That fracture will follow you. If I can have all the male counselors up here, male married counselors, can you come up here for a second? And Jay, can you come up here? I just want you to line up. The male married counselors, come on up. Just stand up here in the front. For some reason, it's been fractured, and you've forgiven your dad, and you or you will. Listen, you know your dad's not going to get back in the picture just yet. I mean, it becomes a matter of prayer. May like Caitlin Cooper, may like Melissa. Here's some father figures that God has given you. Find one. Pick one out. Let them become a dad spiritually to you. Let them help you learn what it means to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And their wives will help you. They represent your wives, but man, pick a father. What I mean, pick a father. And listen, if you have a good one at home, awesome. I'm not taking that spot. But if you're missing one, if you need someone to fill in the gaps until you actually have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, here's the fathers that God's given you. Forgive yours. Become free. Submit to one of them. Like David, you'll get in the fight. You'll be put in front of Goliath. But because you submitted to the Father, you've always you've already faced the lion, you've already faced the bear, so then you know what? You're able to go on that battlefield with the heavenly father behind you because you had a physical, spiritual father. First, gotta get free. You have to forgive them for whatever that hurt you may lay down. If you have a good one, and just picture them up here. Make the commitments in it. I'm gonna pray and then my hand and see it. Father, just thank you for this this time, Lord. This is so crucial. This forgiveness of the Father leads us to freedom so that we can respond to the call to the fight, to get in the battle. So, Lord, I just pray you direct this next next portion, wherever Stephen is led to do in your name. Amen.